Hi, I'm Paul Kacha, and you're listening to the Super Lit Podcast. Intro music. put another piece of donut in my mouth because I'm I'm literally that's the day I'm having. Um it's, sorry. We need minute. to know though what kind of donut is it now? Um it's a whole tr- a whole tray of <laughs> um chocolate covered yellow cake donuts which I know Sophie doesn't like. No. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm like I'm just uh it's been that kind of week. Um month. It's it's just been spectacular. Um but um, my name is Brendan Patrick. We have Paul Kutcha. I, I did that wrong. Um, <laughs> do you want to introduce yourself, Paul? Yeah, but let's just start by saying my younger brother always used to say that our last name was Kracha, which uh, he thought oh. was really funny. <laughs> but it's Kacha. I'm Paul Kacha. <laughs> Great. Love that. Um, who else do we have? There's another person here. Hi. <laughs> It's Sophie. I'm back. I'm here. There it is. I was like, please tell me who you are. Um, and uh, you're listening to the Superlit Podcast. Superlit is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBT community. And uh, we have a special guest. Um, it is the author of Cub. And I'm going to call you a Superlit Superfan. Is that, it should it just be Superlit Fan? I don't know how to make it a word. We'll have to get creative, but I'm taking the title and I'm running with it. You might have taking to fight. Taking the and running. <laughs> I walked the ball. I snatched the trophy. I won it. <laughs> you might have to fight Mason, but I I don't think Mason likes fighting. So I think you win. Mason is awesome. I love their book, but I'm taking the title of super fan. It's fine. Um... So, uh, tell us a little bit about your book. So, I, I said the title, it's called Cub, but what, what is Cub about? So, Cub is part of Orca Publishers' Hilo line, and the Hilo line is designed to be short, quick reads, and they are more appealing to uh, readers who are still emerging as readers. So, they're developing their relationship with books still. And Cub is about a bigger guy, so a cub. Um, he's big, he's hairy, he's 17, his name is Theo, and he's a baker. And he decides that he's going to enter a cooking competition at Toronto's hottest kind of nightclub restaurant. And it's run by the hot chef KCC. So um, when I got to, like, just right off the bat, when I got to KCC's part, um, I immediately hated his name, (laughs) just because I hate that he has a perfect, like, uh, I guess, like, shortening of a name, um, a nickname, if you will. I was like, oh, of course you have a perfect nickname. And that was intentional. He's not the most likable character, I would say. Sophie, how did you feel about him? Well... <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't like him at all. And then it's, like, reinforced a little bit later that he's kind of not a good person. I was like, okay, cool. I feel okay now. He wasn't ever meant to be a good person, so... You know, I guess I nailed it on that one. Mm-hmm. It's always when you have like a um, like a character in a book where they're kind of like mystified by the main character. Like you introduce someone who's like a pseudo celebrity of some kind, and you're kind of like, "Ooh, okay, where's this gonna go? We're gonna like we're gonna go down the like villainous route, or we're gonna go down there like, no, that's just the celebrity persona." And I was like, I was waiting for it, and I was like, "All right, okay, good, yeah." So it's very much like a never meet your idols thing. Yeah. So, Paul, if I can ask, what um, specifically made you want to write? I'm sure you've gotten this question before, but what specifically made you want to write a book about a chubbier young uh, gay man uh, called Cub? So surprisingly, I don't get that question a lot. 
Oh, okay. I love being ingenious. <laughs> but I think it's a great question. Um, I really just started with the idea. So Cub was sold on a pitch, which means I didn't write it first. I sold and got a month to write it, which was really good. Um, these books kind of move quickly. And I know we had Tom Ryan on. He's written, I think, three of them, if not more. So he would be able to speak to this as well. Um, I just sent out ideas. And one of the ideas was, let's just have a big, hairy, sexy guy who has to realize he's sexy and then deal with that realization. And that's kind of where it started. I didn't know that there was like a um, an option to... Uh like have the idea for a book before it was written. Um, I don't know specifically myself a lot about uh, publishing. So it's interesting to hear the different like options that there are. Um, also, I feel like a month is such a short time to write a book. I'm used to writing an essay that's 20,000 words and it's like, great. So go off and you have a week to write that and you hand it in, you've done all your research. So when they said to me, we're looking at about 14,000 to maybe 18,000, I was like, I can do that. No problem. Oh my God. Why are you writing that much? I have a big mouth. (laughs) Maybe I should be writing that much. It'll probably stop me from talking so much. It hasn't stopped me. So no. (laughs) Oh gosh. So yeah, I think it's just popping up into my brain because I'm looking at the, the the book right now, which I the size of this book is really nice. It fit very easily into my bag. I brought it to New York with me to read on the train. Um, I closed the book a few times because I was giggling during the um, the office scenes because I'm a child, and uh, I'm looking at the cover and I'm like, oh, the I have to. I don't think I told you this. When I looked at the cover, the model on the cover looked familiar, and I couldn't figure out why. And then when you messaged me about it, I I think I might have like been laughing aud- like very loudly audibly. Um, I don't know if did you get the okay to say like who it was from your publisher or no? Yeah, I spoke to my editor, and we can talk about it. So you get the exclusive. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I told Sophie about this via text. I'm. <laughs> It's weird to say I'm familiar with a person's work, and that's why I was like, why does this person look familiar? Um, I pronounced their name wrong. Is it Jax? So his stage, well, should we just say who it is? Yeah. <laughs> the cover model, which I do get asked a lot, and usually it's, is that you on the cover? No, it's not me. We look nothing alike. It's a film star, and it's adult films, named Jay Austin. He also goes by Jace Grimm, and when he's a professional chef who was on Chopped, and that's so cool to me. I didn't know that. I I don't really normally like delve into I guess um, porn stars' backgrounds, uh, but when you were like, "Oh yeah, this person's been on Chopped, and they're a porn star," I was like, "Wait, what? It's like, did one come before the other? Like, it was just very interesting to me." Um, and when you told me who it was, I was like, oh, that's why they look familiar, because I'm familiar with their work. So I didn't know until Jay reached out to me, and I was like, okay, someone's reaching out to me. It's probably like some spam thing. Why are they adding me? Then I looked through his feed and see there's Cub and the caption, so I'm on the cover of a book. And of course, then I had to know. I wonder what season of Chop they're on. Um, Sophie, you watch a lot of like cooking and baking things. Um, specifically, was it Bon Appetit on YouTube? Oh, I mean, like all all of it. There, there was like a yeah. I pretty much was like obsessed with Chop for most of college and afterwards. Driving my family insane, just watching it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Are you into the Bake Off series too? Oh hell yeah! But I haven't seen the most recent season. I'm very, very behind on it, so I don't I don't know anything about what's happening right now. <laughs> I know it's over, and I know someone won, but I don't know who. I don't either, so I can't spoil it, but you really want to get into the Australian one. It's also really good. Oh, my God, yes. Okay, More so baking shows. <laughs> we love Yummy Mummies, and that's Australian, right? Yes. <laughs> so just Australian people being um, Australian and rich, um, and I would love to watch an Australian cooking show. This one's the one you probably want to start with. They're great. And they also have that really British feel, which I like, which is we're super self-competitive, but we're really supportive of one another. 
Yes, I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Can we talk about my favorite moment of the Great British Bake Off? Yes, always. Yes. We love being derailed by everything. It was when Candace was on and she built the gingerbread pub. Yes. So she put the sticky uh, toffee carpet because she said the pool hall was always sticky where her parents were. And then you hear the hosts, uh, I think it was Mel and Sue then. Mel and Sue say, now who wants to eat some carpet? And you hear Mary Bear go, I could go for some carpet. And then Candace says, just grab my jugs. That was um, absolutely Sue, just bringing that like, strong lesbian energy into the room. I loved it. I'm like, yeah, eat that carpet, grab those jugs, and let's get the gingerbread on. I'm screaming. Also, no joke, my dad, I guess he has an alarm set on his phone for dinner. Um, it's a bagpipe that was just going off. <laughs> Uh, which I think is amazing. Also, I love the carpet uh, eating scenario. And I mean, like, Candace wasn't the one that I'd be like, yeah, Candace, let's serve up her carpet. But Mary Berry was into it, so I guess I am too. I have to watch <laughs> these shows. No, it's fine. I have to watch these shows more because I'm, I'm missing out on good comedy. Oh, you, ha- you absolutely have to watch Big Off. It's so good. It's but- kind of my dream job. Oh my god. I I just want the opportunity to hang out with Super True and or Sandy Tosvig and Noel Fielding. So like I just I just want to hang out with them. <laughs> oh my god, you've always wanted to hang out with Noel. He's a perfect little crow boy. Truly. Also, so Paul are I Paul sent us like this like really like beautiful like little um their recipe cards. So did are these your recipes? Did like are you um, I, I, I'm assuming you also cook as well. Is this like a big thing for you? I do a lot of cooking and baking and these are recipes that I've changed things in or adjusted. So, um, in cub, one of the recipes I always get asked if it really exists is the soy caramel brownies. So I sent you a recipe card that I made with a recipe for gluten-free, uh, chocolate cub cakes because it, that's important. And then I added in, and you can replace it with salt, but soy caramel sauce. Soy is not gluten-free, so you can get gluten-free soy. Yeah, when I opened up the little, like, mailer that you sent with it, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cute. Also, um, I need your stationery. Um, <laughs> but I, I just delivered to Sophie the recipe cards, um, I want to say last month. Um, and uh, I... Actually, like, I want to make both of these things with you, Sophie. Can we please do a bonus episode? Of, of us cooking? Can we put it on YouTube? Oh, my God. I'm totally into this. The chaos that would ensue. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah I'd be into it. How did this, have you, so, have you always been, are you more of a baker or, like, a, like, I don't know the, the differentiation between the things. Obviously, um, our... Our favorite boy, Theo, is uh, more of a baker, but he's also really good at doing, it seems, everything. I found that I think cooks have a harder time transitioning to baking, and I could be wrong, so people can argue with that one. Um, I think there's something really intuitive and really, like that Nigella sensualness about cooking. Baking seems to be more precise, although I don't always take that route. I'm like, no, you can fudge certain things. Like when you know how the elements work, you can start playing with them a bit more. But I love to bake. Um, I cook more often, obviously, because we eat real food more often than sweets and stuff. I mean, I could argue that I only ever want to eat sweets, but um, that's coming from a person who's eating a whole tray of donuts. I could live on appetizers and desserts if there were no consequences for that. I don't think there are any consequences that are immediate to eating a tray of uh, appetizers or a tray of donuts. Do you two do a lot of cooking and baking? or? Uh, it depends on my work week, because <laughs> I currently have fast food for dinner. But um, I'm vegetarian, so I try to cook a lot more. Uh, it's a little trickier to like get ready-made stuff that's vegetarian. I'm trying to be a slightly better vegetarian, too, which makes it... I've, I've next leveled and it's making it harder to buy things that are already pre-made. So I'm trying to cook a lot more as a vegetarian. Are there things you miss? Not so much anymore because there's been just like a wave of like, 
uh, plant-based meat lately. So like the one thing that I'll like super get a craving for sometimes is like barbecue, like, um, like, like hot wings, but there's like such good, like fake, like Satan is so good. And it's really just like the sauce, most of it. So you just got to have like the right vessel for it. I think the, the cauliflower, like fake, uh, barbecue wing things that we get when we do our, like our dinner together, those are really good. And I'm a person that I'm a, I, I eat a lot of meat myself. Um, I would gladly eat those <laughs> instead of, <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I don't know how else to describe it. I'm not going to be like, I'm You're a carnivore, wrong, but um... yeah, but I think they're really good. So like there are options that I'm being opened up to, like, I really want to try the impossible burger. It's it's very good. I would recommend. You know, I love Burger King. Um, but yeah, I think my my parents lived in South Carolina for a really long time, and so my mom makes like really absolutely spectacular like Southern barbecue, and that's like the one thing that I'm always like, if I ever start eating meat again, the first thing I want is like Carolina barbecue. Is Carolina the one that's mustard based? Yeah, that good yellow sauce. My boyfriend's all over that. He's a mustard lover and has a mustard collection. Oh, my God. Is he part of a mustard club? I've heard that those exist. I'm not part of one, though. If he is, he hasn't told me, but I will eventually get it out of him if he is. I think there's, like, it's, like, a... It's like a monthly thing where they send you, like, the mustard of the month, and you just... And I think everyone who signs up for it just eventually has way too much mustard, even for people who love mustard. So I don't know if it's good for anyone, but it's crazy to love mustard that much though, isn't it? I mean, it's a really good condiment. I would, it's (laughs) top tier, top tier condiment. I'm a really big ketchup person, but I'm also slightly offended that I've never had your mother's barbecue. Probably because if you're over, she's, and she's cooking, she's being a, a good mom and making me vegetarian food. So, but just honestly, if you just like showed up and you were just like, Sophie's not here, but can you just like make me some like barbecue? She'd probably be like down. <laughs> I feel like anytime I just show up at your house without you, it would, I feel like I'm intruding. Like I never want to piss off your parents because I love them so much. I think you need to start adding this barbecue sauce to everything. So like nachos, use as pizza sauce, like whatever you can sell oh barbecue God. sauce into, yes. do it. Oh my god, it would be so good on pizza though. I love barbecue pizza. This I'm is... also into like Thai on pizza, so like that sweet chili Thai sauce instead of tomato sauce. Ooh, yeah. Sophie is literally in heaven right now. I'm just drooling. I'm thinking about the sweet chili like vegan wings at the diner down the street now, and I'm just like, oh, I wish I had those. So a fun thing about Dace, which I found out, he has a YouTube cooking thing. And when he heard about the soy caramel brownies, he sent me a link to a recipe of his that he has online, which is miso caramel brownies uh, with ginger in the brownies. I was like, this is pretty cool. That sounds intriguing. I'm I'm here for some ginger. We love a multi-talented icon, honestly. I mean, who else in young adult writing has a porn star on the cover of their book? That's pretty huge. And he also cooks. Like, the coincidences are high here. Yeah, there's a lot going on, especially since in the book, um, Theo's friend, I'm blanking on her name right now. Um, Di. Yes. I didn't know if it was Di or D. So when I was reading it, I was like, hmm, because I'm queen of mispronouncing names. The French um, Canadians in my life always say D because that's natural to them. So I'm like, okay, it's D too. So I'm French Canadian. I think that's what we're gathering from this conversation. We. Oui. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, she says to Theo at one point, she's like, you should do porn. And I'm literally thinking of an OnlyFans account. And I'm like, first of all, this person needs to be 18. But also very funny because I feel like I've jokingly come up with multiple OnlyFans accounts for my friends. And they're not doing anything that's sexual. It's more like reading a book in a seductive way. Or like, I jokingly said that for the Superlit podcast, there should be a video of me like reading a book in a like a funny voice. But, like, for no reason, one of the episodes should just be someone else with me doing a voiceover of them. So it's just addressed that this is still Brendan, but it's just a different person acting as me. And I've come up with, like, a million different scenarios for people's quote-unquote OnlyFans accounts. And every time I I get told that they're bad ideas. 
well, you know, I've been accused of writing porn. That's my high school friend who's probably my best friend said that to my family at my book launch. I mean, Sophie, how did you feel about the the saucy scenes in this book? Because I have feelings. I know you have feelings. Uh, I gotta go. I think I have something in the (laughs) oven. Um, It's okay if you didn't like them. uh, (laughs) We just put her on the worst spot ever. I'm so sorry. My younger brother hasn't finished the book, and he was flipping through the first page. He's like, you know I hate Ty. (laughs) Oh, no. Um... I asked him, he's like, she's so annoying. She's always getting into Theo's business. Oh, okay. So I'm first that of friend all, <laughs> for Sophie. I am that friend. I feel like this is absolutely like a thing that happens regularly. It's like, it's one of those like lovable tropes where the best friend is like, I know you can do the thing. You just don't believe in yourself. So I'm going to do the thing for you. And every time it happens, I'm always like, I genuinely don't know how I would respond to this because it always ends up being that like the person is like, you're right. I could do the thing. I just needed someone else to encourage me. But I'm always like, but, but they should have just, but, but, but the friend. And Theo's one of those characters to me where Di was introduced and she had to be a catalyst for him because he, his big thing for me and creating him was he defers all his dreams. So it's always one day I'll have the right body one day I'll have everything I want. And I, when I was thinking about him, I thought, well, what if that day is today? So Di kind of pushes him towards that. But then to me, the interesting part of her is at one point, she's like, are you sure you're doing this for the right things? Like, do you want to do all these things? Yeah, I think just getting the push into it so that they can really be like in the fire and be like, okay, this I'm actually here. I'm doing this thing. Is this what I want to do? And it, you like really super makes you like confront exactly all your hesitations. Cause I think Theo has that seems to be the kind of person who is like the, not like the fear of failure, but like the fear of the unknown of what could happen by taking the leap is what prevents him from doing the thing. Yeah. And I also think with him, it's just, there's so much holding him back, but it's all, himself holding him back which sounds like a cliche it is a cliche but who doesn't live that way and it's why is he waiting for one day one day is today i feel like that's such a really like relatable thing too especially when um when i was reading uh for theo like when he's introduced he makes certain jabs about his appearance and he's like oh one day i feel like uh i like i've definitely gone through that and i feel like i have needed a friend to be like well guess what the thing is happening right this this second and it's like Oh, I did, oh, okay. I guess it's time. I have to do it now. And I, as much as it like stinks, I guess um, it's I. I really like that she did that for him. But I'm also the type of person I feel like I would do that for someone. And, and and I feel like if I were to ever do that to Sophie, she might set me on fire. You need to know your audience. I feel like I'm the person who's like, yeah, just do it. Come on, you could do it. Like totally, I would be like. But then we'd be like. Turn it around on me and I'd be like, no, I don't, I don't want to. Uh-uh. And Di's always kind of doing that. So when she arrived, I, she really is a character who gave me the gift of just arriving. She's like, this is who I am. You can write me down now. It was like, <laughs> okay, she's going to be bossy. She's going to be kind of in Theo's business, like my younger brother says. But I can see why my younger brother would not like a die in his life. Is he the brother that does drag? Yes. It's always the younger brother that does drag. Says the youngest, who is a drag queen. Yep. (laughs) And I think that's kind of cool. It's like, drag is such a cool thing because it uh, calls into question all the things that we hold true to be norms. Especially with gender, which is such a basic one that we grow up with. Oh, yeah. I, uh, one of my favorite things to do is when I'm like, um, requested to be somewhere that's like a specifically like public place to do drag. Uh, doing like bearded drag because it it really it throws into question like what is the like what is the idea of femininity what is the idea of masculinity like where where do those two blend or like how can we push those boundaries and uh is is the drag queen's name mama bear am i making that up did i no you're right okay i always feel like i'm gonna mispronounce or like forget someone's name specifically i forget names all the time so we're cool Perfect. Um, I love Mama Bear. Uh, she reminded me of me as a drag queen. Mama Bear was really fun to write, and we have strong bearded drag in Toronto, which I'm really happy about. <gasps> oh, I have to go. 
Yeah, our big one is named Facelift. Um, I know there's a history of bearded dragon, like uh, the nuns that do drag and keep the beards on. But Facelift is a big one. And Faye and Fluffy, so it's Facelift and Fluffy, Fluffy Souffle, they breed in drag two kids. So they are our drag storytime queens. There's others, but they're the ones who get the most publicity. I think that's like one of my favorite things about Philly drag is that there are a lot of beardy queens and it's like not, I've shown up to events and people have been like, oh, you're doing this drag. And it sounds like they're disappointed, but like I've gone to events where it's like, yes, you're doing the weird gender queer drag. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's, that's what we're, we're calling it. I need to meet these uh, beardy drag queens in Toronto. And when they're good, it really is subversive. And when they're not good, it's usually, I do alternative drag and it's like, oh, that seems to be the descriptor that gets thrown around in Toronto, at least. It's like, I do the alternative stuff. It's like, if you did it well, it would be amazing. I've been told it's lazy drag, and I'm like, well, if it's like two o'clock shadow, yeah, it's lazy drag to me. But if it's like a beard and it's like colored, it's like fun, you know? It's like thought out. It's not just like, oh, I forgot to shave, which, you know, I have missed spots uh, shaving and drag. Um, and I got clocked once by a girl named Pillar Salt. She was talking to me up close, and as she's asking me, like, why I wasn't performing more, she was like, you missed a spot in your mustache, and walked away from me, and I was like, yeah, that, I mean, that's probably why I'm not performing more. And it depends what you want out of it. If you're doing it for self-expression, that's great. You do whatever you want. If you're doing it for a business, you do kind of have to think about, what am I giving the audience, and how can I push those boundaries and continue to work? You want longevity. Oh, yeah. Sophie, if you were a drag queen, what kind of drag queen would you be? Or King? Uh, you know, I don't know, but I definitely, there was like a long surprise, surprise. There was a long period of my life where I was like, you know, if I ever did drag, I would do only Jonas Brothers songs. <laughs> wow, I didn't see that coming at all, actually. So I'm, this is nothing me, really? me being sarcastic. No, not at all. <laughs> I Jonas Brothers that. is a nice break, though, from NSYNC and Justin Timberlake. Oh my god, I can I would imagine. Do, I would absolutely kill with some old school Jonas Brothers or like try to be like hyper mask and do like a Dick Jonas like when he came out and was a beefcake. He's always oh my a god, beefcake, remember when he was a beefcake in that magazine? When he currently in is, is a beefcake, yes. Oh my god. I really love the di- diabetes commercials that he's in because then I get to see him. He's in diabetes commercials. <laughs> Oh, yes. my God. He has, he has we obviously do not get them in Canada, but I've oh my stopped God, watching amazing. TV. Well, I mean, I can, I can see why. I get, I see them at home, like, when I'm, like, uh, my parents still have cable, so, like, when they're watching TV, there's, like, the occasional one, and I'm like, hello, Nick Jonas. And my dad will, like, turn the channel, and I'm like, but why? But this good boy. <laughs> but um, this gentleman. Sorry. No, I was just going to go on a rant about commercials. It's nothing to do with anything. Great. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, also, uh, if uh, Paul, do you like America's Next Top Model? Did we find that out? I like the initial seasons, but I haven't watched in years. Sophie, do you want to do you want to get out on that or? To- <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's like three things in this universe that, like, no matter how evolved I become as a human, I will still watch. And America's Next Top Model is one of them. I love the girl they had on who got to like the final three, and they want her to show passion. So they're like you know, show that in your face. And they're like, what are you thinking? I'm just like, baby cats and cupcakes. <laughs> That's Sophie. It means, yes. If they were like, you have to, you have to cry on cue in this commercial for this lipstick. I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to think about my cats. And uh, how many ads have you seen for fashion where a model's crying? I can't think of any. Not even one. Oh my God. No. Could you imagine? I wouldn't buy whatever product it is. My dirty secret for TV, if I'm going to watch it and it's really trash, is Temptation Island. I just love the premise. Oh, my God. I just started watching that. How are the people so dumb? It's called Temptation Island. Literally me. Okay. My, my rant that I was going to go on is that my friend gave me her login so I could watch Temptation Island. And I've seen, like, TV commercials for the first time in, like, months. And I'm like, what is going on in the world right now? Um, and it's a reboot from, like the early 2000s and those ones are really even better than the new ones oh my god now i have to watch those now yeah the whole don't watch the british one though it's terrible 
oh no oh oh okay I will feel bad for the people which takes away the joy of the show yeah honestly the joy of the show is just watching like a bunch of like dumb straight people just not understand the point of the show that they're on Brendan have you watched it um I have not I think Sophie and I had a conversation about this when we were in Ireland I feel like it came up no, I just started watching this. What is the one that we were talking about where they did like a fully queer cast for a season? That was Are You the One? These aren't the same thing. No, this one's great. So the premise is <laughs> This one's good. It's this so one's juicy. really good. It's trash at its best. So the premise is couples that are at a crisis in their relationship where they really could pull through to the other side decide as a test to their love for one another go to an island called temptation island be separated with super like typically hot other people pick specifically to appeal to their mate where they get drunk and then it's like are you going to be faithful or are you going to be tempted well it's called temptation island it's not called like fidelity island sophie how do we sign up for this (laughs) oh my it's it's buck wild because like the first the the first season there's like a couple that go in and I was so rooting for them because they go in with the exact right mindset. They're like, we know that we got some problems. We're here to have fun. Like we're going to like hook up with people. Like we're going to figure ourselves out see like if we're really in for the long haul and they just like absolutely crumble to pieces. Like they just, it's destroyed immediately. I'd like to see this premise though and be like, so you're kind of curious about the same sex thing. Let's tempt you that way. They haven't done that yet? No. Maybe it's, it's too much for TV. <laughs> it is on, um, wait, what channel is it on? ABC? No. I was going to say FX. Also, a title for that island would be really controversial. It's like, do call it by Curious Island? Like, what do we actually name the island? Just, uh, just make another season of Are You the One where it's all pan and by people, please, and thank you. What if it's called The Byland? <laughs> Can I be the host? Yes. That's a really good title. <laughs> Everyone who's listening to this podcast, I came up with it. It's my baby. Sophie's the host. I'm going to be the Mark Wahlberg. I also love on this island, it's like the movie The Island, where you're never safe. Anything can get you at any time. Anyone at any time could surprise you, and then you're going to be like, oh, god damn it. It's like Fire Island, but more options. <laughs> Fire Island sounds bad all the time. I'm sorry, I just cut you off, Sophie. No, you're fine. I'm just thinking of like a mashup of Temptation Island, but then also we get like a terrible reality show where they have to do like endurance tests and stuff. Oh, like uh, Survivor, but like the real world cast version? No one watched the real world? Okay. Uh (laughs) I remember the real world. It was big in the 90s, right? Yeah, I tried out for a season of it, uh, admittedly, and they were interested, and then uh, it, nothing happened. It Wouldn't was this- so hard, though, to be filmed all the time and be like, well, you're not being dramatic enough. Do some more drama. I mean, I'm slightly obsessed with myself in a bad way, um, but I feel like it would just be like, okay, this would be funny for me, um, but I also would probably have a, a mental break during it. I feel like it would just be dramatic all the time. I feel they cut me really quickly because I'd be like, I'm just taking mental notes on everything I see and I will be using this later. <laughs> Speaking of using this later, so when you did you go did you approach Orca or did Orca approach you for your cub just to get back on track after um, everything that we were just talking about? Yeah, I might feed into your bad habits of getting off track, so you've been warned. Oh, no, it's I, Sophie and I do it. And usually I rely on Sophie to be like, Brendan, stop. And I'm like, oh, wait, we're talking about a book. Yeah, but you brought up Temptation Island. So, like, I had to jump on that. <laughs> no, it's fine. You get to do it. It's, I do it every single episode. Why not allow you to do it? Temptation Island's the best way you really need to get into it. I'll put it on my list. So, with Cub, I have a master's in creative writing. Uh, I was working on my thesis with a writer called Susan Juby, who was the best mentor. She's really, really funny. And she has some great books out that if you want to laugh out loud, I recommend her books all the time. Um, I wrote another story that I was shopping around and she put out a book called the fashion committee, which is really, really fun and said, are you willing to write for my author blog about a piece of clothing? So I did. Uh, Then I got a contact from another student from her class who's published writer, Brooke Carter. And I think you've been in contact with Brooke maybe. 
Yes, we've been talking uh, through Twitter and through email. She's amazing. So I get two emails almost back-to-back from her, and I wasn't on the computer at the time, which were my editors looking for kind of new voices, someone young, someone who's a little bit edgy. Um, She saw you on Susan's blog. Get in touch with her. So that's kind of how Cub came out, because once I got in touch with her, she said, um, we'll consider this other project, but send me some for the Hilo line. We want to get some low literacy books. We're trying to diversify. They're really good at diverse representation at Orca, which I'm really grateful to be part of their team. Um, I sent this one in and she was like, we're kind of interested in that one. Make it a bit more steamy. Make him a bit more lascivious KCC. Yeah. KCC is terrible. Um, but also his, his partner is, uh, Brandon, not Brendan. Yeah. And honestly, anyone named Brandon is bad. Like, can we Unless agree on you're that? on 90210, right? Well, that's different. He, you know, he might as well have been a Brendan. I mean, and he had a twin named Brenda, so they didn't really work that hard on the names. No, and uh, usually when people um, are talking to me and they want to be quote-unquote rude to me, they call me Brenda, and I'm like, yes? That's not an insult. No. <laughs> so uh, I feel like, yeah, anyone named Brandon is usually terrible. Well, I actually thought Brandon was the worst of the two. So to me, he was a lot scarier than KCC. I think because I, he like, he appears like later in the story and is like immediately bad. KCC is like, Oh, the thing that they said, like, don't worry about them. Like F them. And it's like immediately sexual with this like 17 year old kid. And I'm like, Whoa, hold up. Stop being, stop trying to be like quote unquote daddy to this little kid. Like that, please stop it. And I don't know how much, the rest of the queer community knows about the bear community because it is a subculture within the community. I know so many bears who at 16, 17 hooked up with 40 year olds. I, I just get, I don't like, there is that kind of fantasy thing. It's kind of like, Oh daddy. Yeah. But 16. Dang. I mean, at 16, I was in an all boys Catholic school. I was not hooking up with anyone. (laughs) No, I mean, like, when I was 16, I think I was working at Zoomies and uh, making skateboards, but was still very gay. I was, like, going to church during, in the gymnasium. I was also probably dressing up in Not cosplay. Not Yeah, no, never. Uh, dressing up in cosplay and throwing snow around in Sophie's yard. I have photo evidence of that, yeah. I have a mullet in that picture, don't I? Yeah, you did. You had a mullet for a while. It was very cute. I loved my mullet. I basically have a mullet now, but I, it's all around mullet. I kind of love your hair, though. I think it's so fun. I kind of want to cut all of it off. Both your hair. No, don't cut your hair off. I will murder you. <laughs> You'd have to put up with me growing it out again, and that would be the, the worst part. Yeah, Sophie has great hair. I'm mad that I can't, like, I've tried having blue hair before, and it just, like, isn't right for me. Sophie literally looks like Bulma from Dragon Ball Z, and it's, like, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I love that you're uncomfortable with the compliments. <laughs> oh my god, all the time. I could literally be so. Uh, she, she's right here, basically. But like, I could be <laughs> manager Ben and I, uh, Sophie's roommate. We referred to her as manager Ben. We could be talking about like our absolute adoration for Sophie, and she looks like she wants to melt into the couch. Like if she could escape that way, she would. I kind of think feels like that too. So. Oh my god, he is. That's he literally uh, <laughs> he is. And that was part of the book to be like we all want to be desired, but we're not always sure what to do with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's it definitely got that um familiar feeling of being like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a thing I want and then it's like someone like shows you like affection or whatever way that you're like uh yearning for and then you're like oh i don't know what to do with it what do i do now what do i do now <laughs> I'm, I'm confused and theo kind of likes it but at the same time it's the thing that's quite dangerous in the book for him mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think that's the thing especially for someone's like first i'm assuming it's his first like sexual encounter judging from like the way that he's spoken yeah and i calls him out on it being total virgin going from virgin to porn star <laughs> we've all been there I feel I wasted my youth, so I really didn't get to do it. I can't talk about anything specifically on the podcast because my parents listen to it. But I, I understand. 
This is a thrilling conversation. It's the worst. Um, but we're just a bunch of nerds. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I, I feel like because it's his first like encounter and he's like, yes, I definitely should like these two daddies that are like very attractive. Like, of course I should like who wouldn't. And he and does it's, like, kind of like them. Oh, he yeah. likes that attention. Yeah, he just wants someone to, like, realize that this part, like, you need to, <laughs> please be soft with me, I'm a baby. Yeah, and, like, even when things are happening, he's like, oh, I do like that, but I don't completely like it. So, towards the end, there's stuff that happens he does like without giving anything away. Mm-hmm. But, um... Also, I feel like this is... Sophie, would you agree that this is probably the most, like, outwardly sexual book that we've read this year? Or ever? For the podcast? You did read Jack Parts. Ooh. Ooh. I did. Which I loved. Ooh. Forgot that how beautifully sexual that book is. I was gonna say Brendan read Jack of Hearts. <laughs> I actually appreciated that, and part of thinking of Cub was uh, portrayals of sexuality for young adults. Not that there isn't a place for these books. There totally is. But I've read so many books where the sex is rape. It's violent. Uh, someone ends up pregnant. Someone ends up heartbroken. I kind of wanted to say, let's make that more complicated. Like, let's have someone who is gaining experience. And that's not necessarily a bad thing to discover yourself sexually. No, I don't I don't think it's bad either. Um, especially if it's... And this specific thing, you know... Um, he has a guardian angel who takes the form of a fa- fantastic drag queen. Um, and Di, of course, is, like, very aware. And, like, he has friends that are looking out for him, which is great. And I kind of like that. I was like, you should do it if you want. But do you want to? Is the, is the celebrity sh- uh, um, baker that he meets at some point in the book, I won't say when, um, is that based on anyone? Because I loved that person. Oh, you mean Truly Trudy? Yes, I love. So I gave her a really gay name based on Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which I love. I fucking knew it. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is my dream car. It can fly. It can float. It comes to you when it needs it because it can think for itself. I mean, it's way better than the Batmobile. <laughs> and it's gayer. Oh, yeah, totally. So I was like, Truly Scrumptious is such a good name. And my mom's name is Shirley, so I kind of like those names that are puns. So I just thought Truly Trudy is kind of a great name for a baker. Yeah, I would buy anything that she made, especially if I find that, like, say, the store is called, like, Truly Trudy. And I'm like, okay, that's cute. Like, the first time I went into Lush, no joke, I think I was, like, 19. And I was like, I'm also a Lush. So I went in, and I was like, wait a minute, this is all bath bombs. This is an alcohol. I'm so not into Lush because of the really uh, strong odor of it. <laughs> like that really Oh, that's floral. understandable. I work, I work in a body care store, so I'm consistently surrounded by that stuff. So I'm very nose blind to everything but Lush. I can smell when people come into my store and I'm like, oh, you were just in Lush. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I can smell it on you. You have to try just to see what they're like because it's the weirdest thing in the world. They're toothpaste capsules. I love those. <laughs> I choked on one of those at work recently. (laughs) Oh, no. It's such a weird experience to go from paste to, like, that grit. Yeah, I... I I love the spooky feeling of having, like, a black toothpaste, though, because you use the charcoal ones. That I would like, because then you could pretend you're a hillbilly. (laughs) Wow. I feel like, Sophie, you buy things based on, is this spooky? Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's my time of year. The best time of year. Every every day should be spoopy. Um, yeah, I think I I love Lush, but I've very I've like narrowed down a specific route to get to be like I need this and this, and I'm leaving because I like I they, they I know that they're like trained to be like hyper aggressive, but they also never show me anything I want because I'm like I don't want it to have glitter in it. I don't want it to smell like flowers. I just want it to be. I want to smell like a rolled around the woods. And they're like, oh, we have like three things for that. So I'm like, yeah, I already own them. I just need to restock. It's fine. Yeah, I literally was told by a person who worked at Lush that my hair needed a hair mask. He looked at me and he was like, you need a hair mask. And I was like, interesting. I hate you already. Um, 
And I... <laughs> you should just be like, you need a face mask. You're ugly. <laughs> I went... Uh, he wasn't. That was the issue. Um, You're ugly on the inside. You need a personality mask. <laughs> I can fix my hair. You can't fix that attitude. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but... So we're nearing uh, 50 minutes. So I wanted to see um, if someone, what would you want to be the takeaway of this book, Paul? One thing that I am really proud of with the book is um, I have huge respect for everyone who's working for queer writing to have someone who isn't thin and isn't typically beautiful with such a big deal. So that's one thing to take away. The other one, which is what I think Theo kind of is in the process of learning throughout the book, and even when the book ends, he's still in the process, is um, your sexuality is for you. It's not for other people. And that's a huge thing to have to learn, and most people learn it through experience. Yeah, and I think him being taught that, like, his, his body, at regardless of what size it is, like, big, small, little, like, whatever it is, is still sexy, and it's still, um, it's still his to own. And I think, uh, especially for, like, Someone like me, I'm not always comfortable with the way that my body looks. Um, I literally wearing a crop top to pride this year made me feel like very anxious. Um, and Sophie's always so like super kind about me wearing crop tops. And I'm like, but I hate it. She's like more crop tops. Um, more men should wear crop tops. No, I I'm, agree. I saw you in a platform. Speedo. You're hot. Like, oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> No, and like that's it's okay to say. I assume. No, <laughs> no complimenting us. <laughs> um, no, but uh, like it's weird. I'm comfortable in things like that, but for God forbid, I wearing a crop top sometimes makes me feel like I'm wearing a shirt. That because I feel like I I have more tummy, it doesn't fit right. So it just looks like I'm one of those people that's in a cartoon that's illustrated to like look sloppy. That's how I always feel. Um, if you just throw on a football one, you're suddenly butch, though. I'm so butch. I mean, butch queen, but it's butch, right? <laughs> yes, we love sports ball. That was a thing that happened to me in high school. They tried to recruit me based on my older brother's skill onto the football team. And their selling tactic was, you don't have to run. You can just stand there and people will have to move around you. And I'm like, great, I'm a human wall. Oh, my God. My, oh, dear God. Yeah, right? My When I was a kid, so I'm the youngest of five, my... Older brother Frankie didn't do sports, but my brother James, my sister Mo, and my brother Danny were all very athletic kids. And so were my, like, my dad is very athletic too. Um, when, it, when I was a little kid, my brother James's baseball coach was like, when, when are your parents going to have more kids? I want more kids on my team that are Coleman's. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Like, so I guess I don't get to play sports, but also what's wrong with you? I got sent to art classes. I was fine with that. <laughs> I love art class, but I also love running around and being an idiot. But anyway, um, I I really liked reading Cub. Also, like the idea of and like, Sophie, having a I'm sorry it was... wasn't an audiobook and the sex made you uncomfortable. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, it was nice and short and sweet, and I swear I know how to read. So <laughs> she doesn't. She's lying to you. My cat read it to me. I uh, knew it. She loved it. Chicken. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I know I love that he knows the names. I told you I earned that super fan title. Truly. Hey, baby. She's sitting next to me right now. She's mad because I yelled at her earlier. What happened? She's been scratchy at my like little ottoman thing at the end of my bed, and I cannot get her to stop doing it. She's a little demon right now. Oh she's yeah. pouting. Anyway. <laughs> Does she have enough other things to interest her? She has like a million things downstairs but my room is very small so i don't have like room for like an actual proper cat tree in my room but i feel like i need to like it's escalated so i think i have to bring a scratching post up here yeah and just give her something else entice her yeah we'll get you a toy right something maybe we'll see oh there's chicken (laughs) (laughs) if you're ever driving and listening to the super lit podcast listeners if you hear a cat noise, don't start checking your car like I did. Oh my god! No, we we literally try to get the cats to meow when I'm there. But chicken really does not like any humans other than Sophie, which I love for Sophie. Um, but Shadow, I want to steal every time I see her, and she's just my favorite cat. She's very good. 
Yeah. Oh, there's chicken again. There she is. Oh my gosh. Can Love you? the cats. She's trying to eat my headphones. Okay. She's eating my headphones. <laughs> she's, she is, she's done. But I feel like I've come, like I've, I've come, wow. Um, I've come to yeah. the conclusion that I'm done asking questions. <laughs> um, Paul, is there anything else you'd like to like leave us with for your book, Paul? With a book, um, a thing that I keep telling people, even though it's a high-low and it's designed for low literacy, they're just really fun, fast reads that fit people's life. So the whole line, I actually really enjoy. Like I have um, my undergrad degree is in English. Sometimes I love to just read a book in 45 minutes. I was surprised because I'm a really slow reader myself. So this is like very perfect for me. Um, and it, it moved, it moved at a very good pace. I would say as well, I didn't say this before. I didn't know like how much like build, like quote unquote world building would be there just because of the size of the book. And it, I I feel like it was done very well. And there, I didn't think that there were anything that was like a dropped ball in terms of like, Oh, I would have loved to know more about the restaurant or something like that. It was the things that were given to me in the book. Like I felt like hit the needs that I needed hit. Um, And I really liked like being with Theo on this journey, especially since he has like such a supportive friend die. Like I need someone to make me outfits like that. I'm really jealous of Ty's skills. Yeah. I did get an offer from another author um, and she does publish the high-low books as well. And she does a great job in the first page. You know, everything you need to know about the book, like the conflict, the characters, the relationship. Um, So she said to me, the quilted apron. You know I quilt. I can make you this apron. <gasps> and it's, her name's Erin Thomas. So she's really great. So I, sh- I sent her off some pictures. I'm like, this is kind of what I'm thinking. He's a real bear. Like, I want a grizzly bear, not a oh teddy bear. Oh, my God. I love that. So the Toronto authors are really nice, even though she's from, like, Toronto adjacent. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to get the coolest apron. And she's super talented. I hate being that person that's like, we love all of the Canadian authors we've interviewed, and it seems like everyone's Canadian now. Um, I didn't know until, uh, I want to say maybe last week, that you were Canadian. Yeah, and like just this week, I wrote an article. We're doing a special day called I Read Canadian Day, which will be next year on February 19th. And it's a challenge day. So it's across Canada, we're challenging people to read for 15 minutes a Canadian book, whatever they choose. So... I've been big into Canada books this week, especially everyone's been asking about them. And I'm like, I can make tons of recommendations on great books. Truly. And Orca has been a great publisher. You should check out the rest of their catalog because they are known for pushing boundaries, which I kind of love to be part of with cub. Yeah. And they, they've also like the have like you guys reaching out and sending the book to us was like really cool. Um, also like the little, like the, um, the recipe cards was really nice. Like I, I literally felt like, Oh my God, this is the nicest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I kept literally all of it on my desk because I love looking at it. It makes me feel great. Um, having like the little note from you and the recipe cards. Um, and, uh, like having the, like them being able to like send the book to us was like really, really nice. Your media people. Like I talked you up properly. I, I always feel bad. Like, I think it's just because I went to Catholic school, so I feel like I'm not allowed to ask for things. Catholic guilt, right? Oh, my God. It's awful. Um, and my one grandma was Italian, so there was that Italian Catholic guilt. Oh, my God. That's but worse. she laid it on so thick that you just become immune to it. No, and I feel like I don't ever want anyone to feel like they have to give me something. Like, I never want that. Um, and I, I feel terrible asking anyone for anything ever. Um, but it would like, you've been so kind to us and talking to other authors as well for us. Um, and it's just been an all around great time talking to you. And also I really loved reading cup. Thank you. But thank you for this podcast. I don't think you two realize how much you're doing for people. I'm not funny unless Sophie's here. So I hate when she doesn't record with me. Um, only because I think I'm like, I'm better when Sophie is here. Um, and I, I truly need, like, her energy to do things, especially since, like, we're, like, a pretty indie podcast. Um, I do, like, all the editing myself, and, like, Sophie is, like, very supportive with me. And I run everything by her, and she puts up with so much of my, like, dumb, like, what about this? And what about that? Um, 
And it's, it's just really nice when uh, someone is nice to us. <laughs> I'm allowed to gush about the podcast, right? Oh my gosh, of course. We love that. <laughs> so what I love about your podcast is that suddenly you two are laughing and you invite people into the joke. It's not like you're just laughing at an inside joke. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're just going to drop being really, really smart on you. And you guys are going to have to deal with that now as we talk about things. That is so Sophie's department. I swear to God, I could make, I know she hates that I'm doing this right now. I feel like I could make a, an entire episode of Sophie just making j- jokes that make me cackle. Um, and she is really good in the smarts department. Um, I feel like I have, I, you're I, not just looks. I know I called you hot <laughs> earlier. One of us is the brains and one of us is the beauty. It's okay. <laughs> Sophie, you're both. What am I here for? Oh no. Like God gave with both hands. But I really do think you're underestimating what you do with the podcast, especially for the queer community. And there's probably queer kids out there who are 10 years ago, you couldn't find the queer books. You're putting them right in front of them. That's huge. No, and that's that's kind of like why I wanted to do it. Um, because I I was able to come out because my local librarian was like super kind to me um, and was very accepting of me, like talking to her about stuff. And I was so ashamed of reading these books when I was younger. Like I literally, I'm not joking. I was working at the library at the time. I was like 15. One of my friends walked into the room when I was reading Rainbow Boys and I, that thing left my hand, flew across the room so quickly. No joke. The book was thrown against the wall. My friend was like, what was that? I was like, I'm just throwing a book. It's fine. Um, Because I was just like so ashamed of being caught with a, a gay book. And it's funny because generally everyone I know who's grown up is like, I thought I was so discreet. Turns out everyone knew anyway. Oh my God. No, not at all. I, there are people who I like, I know that I'm like, wait, what? But not every person is a person who, you know, talks about it or is like comfortable coming out, which is everyone's journey is different. And it's Um, a constant process, which people forget because, Oh yeah. You're always a workplace. It's not, you can't just walk in necessarily and be like, so this is who I am. You have yeah. to play it smart for you. Yeah, exactly. Not everyone is able to come out and everyone is coming out as a journey and they're always coming out. Um, but yeah, uh, that, I, I don't have anything else to add other than I, I like this book. Um, Sophie, do you have anything you want to say? I'm trying to think of something <laughs> smart to say now. <laughs> <laughs> because I just said you're the smart. So I have to make some kind of profound statement. No. Can we circle back to librarians and people like you who like actually help? and enable people to get books like these? Um, We love being complimented. Sophie loves it more than I do. I know that. Oh, yeah. Her silence is speaking to how much (laughs) she loves it. Poor Sophie. I'm fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) So I come from a family that have a lot of teachers and teacher librarians and things in them. The reason that Jay and I found out who each other were, were his childhood librarian contacted either a family member or him and said, you know, you're on the cover of a book, right? That's, that is so wild to me. I thought it was so cool. And at the time I had told my grandma about this and she said to me, so let's see a picture. So, cause my grandma was that way. That's, that is amazing. She um, liked his ass. I mean, it's a good one. <laughs> I Do mean, you guys have an alternative cover that I don't have? Or? <laughs> No, I'm just um, very familiar with his uh, oh, okay. his extracurricular yeah, yeah, okay. work. I keep joking that the look inside is actually his website. Oh, yikes. Oh I mean, my, my grandma liked his butt, so I'm assuming that's a stamp of approval. <laughs> that's the highest compliment. She also liked Pierce Brosnan's in um, the Thomas Crown Affair. Like, I watched on a plane first, so they took out all the good stuff. And then I came home and I watched it with my grandma. I'm like, grandma, I swear this wasn't in the movie. She's like, leave oh, it on. No. That's oh, a no. nice bum. That's a nice bum. Oh, my gosh. She was also the grandma that would watch Dame Edna and stuff with us. So my grandma was quite progressive. I love that for you. Neither of my grandmothers were like that. <laughs> when my cousin was getting married and she married a woman, someone had said something to my grandma. She's like, well, you know what the only difference is between her and a man. It's what's between your legs, and I'm not going down there. So what difference is it to me? Oh, my God. Like, she nailed it. Like, it's no one else's business. <laughs> yeah, of course. Exactly. I, I was just having a conversation with that about my brother today. 
um, just like it's, this is no one's business, but your own. Yeah. And when people get in, especially straight people on what gay rights should be, I'm like, how does it affect you if you're not supporting it? Yeah. I just, that's a whole, a whole conversation for sure. I really want the answer to him. Like, how does it affect <laughs> your life? I it need to know my life because of this. No, yeah, I understand. But um, yes, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us, Paul. Also, thank you for being so kind and just complimenting us. I really do love the podcast, so I am the super fan. We're sending the crown and the sash in the mail, and I will wear it around. People will get tired of seeing me in it. We'll just send you new ones all the time, so people are like, "What's that one?" You're going to be like the same thing, but different. I walk a lot of balls. I snatch a lot of trophies. All of you are going to have to deal with that and step up your games. I've seen Pose enough to know that you are snatching crowns, and it's 10 cents, 10 across the board. And you, I assume, have seen Paris's burning. I have not. I know. <gasps> I to know. see it today. I've seen, par- I've seen parts of it, and for some reason, I've just never looked further into it. Oh, no. I don't I know what's wrong with me. <laughs> At the same time, it will break your heart and have you cracking up. I think that's why, like, I, I don't, I know that, like, the, the stories for the some House of them are Impossible sad. Beauties? Yes. Oh, my God. You yeah, will that, love Paris is Burning. You'll see the people. No, that's the thing. I'm like, oh, I want to love this. But I know, like, some parts of it are sad or, like, the person isn't, like, with us anymore. And it just, like, breaks my heart. It, like, hurts me. And they've tried to do sequels. Nothing is as good as the original. Oh, my God. No, never. I think one sequel was called Who Do You Think You Are? I Have It in the Basement. It wasn't as good as the original. It was still good. And you got to see where people like Octavia were. And we could have a whole episode about Paris is Burning. Maybe that'll be a thing for the, the Patreon, me just crying about Paris is Burning. Sophie, are you in? <laughs> yes. Come over. We'll bake. We'll make delicious food. And then we'll cry into our cupcakes, our cupcakes about Paris is Burning. Yes. I'm into this. All right. Well, thank you again, Paul, for having a conversation with us about your great book, Cub. Where can people buy this book? Let us know. Uh, Orca has it up on their website, and they do have Canada and U.S. distribution. Um, Any online bookseller will have these books, and you can request that any indie bookstore bring it in. It's a book that's readily available. I'm going to find an indie bookstore and scream until they have this book. Run and scream and then leave. (laughs) <laughs> like something that's bad about these books is as soon as someone hears low literacy, they're like, well, we're not playing in the bookstore. So I've that's been really grateful. It is because it's saying we don't want you as our readers here. And I'm that's garbage. I love literally if every book I read could be this length and this size, I'd be so happy. You want to read some of Brooke's other books because she writes some really great ones and she usually has a female-female romance in it, which I like. Yes, 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 yes. Finally. Her first one was uh, a cis girl with a trans man. Okay. We, I don't think we, – we haven't read any. We, we've only had one story that included like a trans character um, that we've read, I believe. Right, Sophie? Uh, as like a lead. Yeah. I think there's been like background characters here and there, but, um, we've got, I'm trying to build, we're trying to build a list so we can get every member of the alphabet in here. Yeah. Cause I, I don't ever want to anyone to look at the podcast or even at me and just be like, well, you're only like, you're clearly gravitating towards one thing and you're unwilling to do it. I want to have other books. And Cubs kind of one of those books that's kind of the bridge. Cause it is, just gay male characters who are cis. Um, but they're part of a subgroup that we really don't talk about. So how many times I've had to explain even to other queer authors that bears wolf at each other. No, exactly. And it's like, it's, we exist in the community and it's, uh, we're not all young twinks. I also hate the term twunk, which has come up. I don't like most terms. Um, well, I don't like feeling like a barnyard. Get, yeah. Yeah. I did. It's, uh, I hate, we, I hate most terms within the community only because I'm like, yep, we're barnyard animals. We love otters and bears and foxes and, and wolves. now there's wolves. And yeah, I teen wolf ruined America. Um, although and, I do love with the furries, how they have all the animals. I'm like, well, what does your animal mean to you? And there's that trope about the, um, the straight fox or something in the furry community. Yeah, we're, um, we can't ever talk about furries on this channel, ever. <laughs> oh, I've crossed the line, eh? 
That's that's where it ends. I'm cut. The episode is done. I have to burn the tapes. Oh uh, no! But no. you just said a, so you made up for it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it took. <laughs> We're very easy. Oh, it's too bad because I know some people, and I'm like, you're just such the coolest people, and you're so low key, and this is your thing. Oh yeah, for sure. You're listening to Super Lit. This is Brendan Patrick, Sophie G, and Paul Kacha. Thank you for listening. Yay! Outro music. Mm-hmm.